Uh, I, I'm just so glad you could be with us today. Last week, we took a Sunday uh, to look at some of just the current events going on. And specifically, uh, we talked about what was happening in the Near East with Israel and Palestine and, uh, and how we as followers of Jesus should be responding. And, you know, this is just something, it's, it's everywhere in the news. People are talking about it nonstop. And I know there are people that are like, I don't know how I should be responding. I have friends that are probably all across the political spectrum or across the religious spectrum. And everyone seems to be handling this a little differently. Or, you know, and I think often we're like, what, what should this look like? Um, and so last week we just, I had felt God kind of putting something on my heart just to move in a direction that I know was very challenging for me. Um, of just this idea that what we are called to is love. And that it's, it's nearly impossible for us to just show the same type of love that God does. And yet, that's what we're called to. You know, and the statement that we ended last week with, that I know for me, as I felt God kind of leading me to this statement, as, as just a punch in the gut, is, you know, God, God is absolutely, um, he, he is so heartbroken when an Israeli child dies and he is equally heartbroken when a Hamas soldier dies and that is such a hard thing for us to always fathom because the world around us is so good at painting people as enemies or as evil or as all these different things so to be able to just look at this world with love in the way that he does um, is incredibly challenging. And so, you know, if you, if you ever miss one of our messages, you want to go back and kind of listen to something, we have that, we have a, a YouTube channel that you can get through through the website, kind of going to media and sermons and Long Prairie. Uh, we also have those um, on podcasts as well and things like that. If you ever want to be able to get a hold of those and you're struggling to find them, talk with Pastor Aaron or myself. We want to make sure that, uh, that you're able to get to those. But yeah, it just was, it was a challenging week. And so uh, we are going to continue, though, not being in a series just for a little bit here as we um, just take a few weeks and, and talk about some specific things that I feel like God has kind of laid on my heart. Um, and so we are going to continue uh, with that type of feeling. And today's message is sort of based off something that I... I've heard said to me by quite a few different people, uh, and I think it has the potential to really help some of us push through, get to a better place in our lives and a better place in our spiritual life and spiritual walk with God. Uh, so I want us just to kind of be ready to dig in. Uh, let's just take a posture or an attitude where we have expectations that, that God has something for each one of us today, because I believe that he does. So if you would, I want to I just open us up in prayer as we go into this time. All right, you're like, man, we, we are praying a lot. Yep, that's fine. It's church. We can do that. There's no, I don't know if you knew this. There's actually no limit. There's no limit of how much you can pray. It's kind of this nice thing. So would you stand with me? I want to just open us up in prayer, uh, and then we'll move into just kind of the rest of this. God, we just, we thank you so much just for, for this time that we have, this community that we have to gather together. And God, as we open up your word, as, as we just actively seek what it is that you have for us, the directions in our lives, the, the things you want us to be doing, God, that we would just uh, trust you a little bit more and more each day. God, that we would trust you to lead us in the way uh, that you have set for us, God. So we just, we ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, you guys can have a seat. Over the last few years, I've had the honor to be part of uh, just some pretty big moments in people's lives. Uh, and that's one of the amazing things about being a pastor. 
Lots of times you don't really know what to do because some of those moments are incredibly difficult. Uh, some are great. Uh, you know, you get to be part of like the start of a marriage um, and you get to be part of celebrating someone's life at the end of it and like all these different things. And, and they can be hard times. They can be great times. Uh, I often get to be part of someone starting off on, on a journey of just wanting to pursue Jesus, all right, and, and to be part of them proclaiming that through things like water baptism. And uh, those moments are so amazing. Uh, and I get to see people ask big questions and dig deeper and go after God um, and go after what the Bible has for them. And, and I get to be part of them stepping out of their comfort zone uh, and into serving or leading or all sorts of different things. And, and this is one of the best things about being a pastor is getting to have a front row seat to these. But I'll tell you what, almost every single person, as they take some of these steps, you know, maybe, maybe not marriage or dying, but some of these other steps, almost always I, I hear this statement, oh man, I wish I would have done this sooner. I wish I would have done this sooner. All right, so many of these big moments, you know, and, and then it usually is followed up by all sorts of things that they allowed to get in their way of taking those steps. All right, maybe it was pressure of people around them that, that kind of stopped them from taking those steps. Maybe, maybe it was their own fears and doubts or the way they view themselves and, and what they think that they're capable of. All right, or maybe it's a misunderstanding that they, they never actually tried to figure out. And all of these things kind of stand in people's way of taking some of these steps. And, and most of the time, I will also hear them say something along the lines of, yeah, I, I know God was leading me to this. Or I've known for a while that this is what I need to do. Or everything in my life has been pointed in this direction and I, I was just kind of ignoring it because I was afraid. And, uh, but oftentimes there, there's something inside of them that has already been pulling them in whatever direction it is of them taking these steps. All right, maybe even as I say this, you're thinking of, of moments you've had in your life and you're like, yeah, I've, I've been there and it, you know, I, I finally took that step and it took me way too long. And, uh, and, but this is, this is almost a weekly occurrence for me, like hearing someone have this type of experience saying, I wish I would have done this sooner. And so today I want to talk through the idea of obedience or I guess more accurately, I want to talk through a couple ways that I think we can intentionally or unintentionally be living with disobedience in our lives. All right, so I want to look at a couple different passages from the Bible, some, um, some examples that we have of people who maybe are not living the most obedient life, all right, and what we can kind of learn from that. And, um, and I think traditionally we think of disobedience as someone just saying no, right? Like if I ask my children to go clean their rooms, which has to happen often, uh, what does it look like for them to disobey me well, you know, like, I think oftentimes we'd think, well, they just flat out say no. I'm like, all right, hey, we need you guys to go clean your rooms. No. And you're like, okay, yeah, that's definitely disobedience. But think about all the other ways that disobedience actually can happen. There's so much more than just a flat out refusal and saying no. So last week we were looking a little bit at the story of Jonah. Uh, and Jonah is a great story of obedience or actually a great story of lack of obedience. Um, and so I want to just kind of, I'm going to quickly kind of run through a couple different stories here. Um, I'd encourage you to dig in deeper during the week, go back and read through some of these. Uh, but we're going to read the same passage we read last week um, at the beginning of Jonah here. And it simply says this, The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittah, Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh. 
and announce my judgment against it because I've seen how wicked its people are. All right, so that's a pretty clear direction right there, right, that God gives him. The response, but Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. <laughs> okay, this is a, a very clear-cut example of disobedience. Like, this is pretty easy for us to look at that and be like, yep, there's really no if ands, and buts about that. That's disobedience. God said, go this way. And it actually said this last week. It's essentially like God was speaking to one of us to go to Chicago, and instead we went to Anchorage. That's actually about the same type of distance that, was, that he was told to go versus where he actually went in the opposite direction. Um, and I love this because it's just, it's just so obvious. You know, this is like, go clean your room, and it's, no, I'm going to go outside. Now, disobedience can be really easy for us to see and name, all right, uh, at certain times anyways. But, but what if in the story of Jonah, what if it were a little more subtle? What if God said, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh, and then we just see Jonah continue to live his life? And maybe we're like, well, I don't know, maybe he didn't hear God? Maybe something else was going on, maybe he didn't notice what had been said? Maybe he's like, well, I just have to finish this quick, or I just, you know, but instead we have this really easy example of disobedience. But it could be way more subtle than that. And so it raises the question, like, is ignoring disobedience? Maybe he did hear it. Maybe he wasn't confident in what he heard. You know, again, this is hypothetical. And he just kind of keeps living his life. Would we say, well, is that, is that disobedience? And now if I ask my children to go clean their rooms and they are sitting at the table drawing and coloring uh, and none of them get up and go, like, is that disobedience? I think most of us would be like, absolutely, absolutely. You know, maybe we would want to say, um, did they actually hear me? So like you kind of say it again, hey, look at me. Did you guys hear me? Go clean your rooms. If they just keep coloring and drawing, you're like, yeah, that's, that's disobedience. So ignoring is disobedience. All right. Well, what about the story of Jonah like as written? When, when we finish the whole story, so when you go past him running the other direction and then the big mess and then being brought back this way by a fish and then this, he goes and, and he, he tells the city of Nineveh what God told him to say. When we think of the story of Jonah and if you had to say either yes or no, did Jonah obey God? Like when we think about that, would we describe that as obedience he, he delayed for quite a bit of time going a different direction before going and doing it. So the, the question is, okay, is, is delayed obedience obedience? If I ask my children to clean their room and I ask them on Friday when they get home from school because in my mind I'm like, hey, let's have the whole weekend. We don't have stuff to do then. Things are already done. And they don't clean their rooms till Sunday night right before they have to go back to school. Would we say that they were obedient? Is delayed obedience, is that obedience? And I think most of us would, would stop and say, no, I don't think that's obedience. Like, when I ask you to do something, you need to go do it. So delayed obedience is disobedience. And this is hard for us because this is often in our lives. This, this happens so much. Now, I think most of us would look at the story of Jonah and we wouldn't really change our minds uh, after he ends up going to Nineveh and saying Jonah was obedient. I, I think we'd say, no, Jonah was, a, he was disobedient. 
He ran the other way. He, he slowed the process down. He delayed it. All right, one other passage, one other story out of the Bible. In the book of Exodus, we have the Israelites. And they, uh, Moses is gone. He's rescued them from Egypt. They are traveling to this land that God has promised them. Uh, and if you've ever read this story, about every other verse is just the Israelites complaining about something. And they're like, why did you even bring us out here? We could have stayed in Egypt and just died there. That would have been better. And so this is the Israelites all the time. One of their common things was, we don't have water. Okay, if you're traveling around the desert, this is a little bit of a valid complaint. Like, you need water to live. Okay, all of us do. And they're like, we don't have water. We need water. Um, and they're, they're bringing this to Moses. And so Moses goes to God and is asking him what to do. All right, so this is in Exodus uh, 17, verse 5. The Lord said to Moses, walk out in front of the people, take your staff, the one you used when you struck the water of the Nile, and call some of the elders of Israel to join you. I will stand before you on the rock at Mount Sinai. Strike the rock, and water will come gushing out. Then the people will be able to drink. So Moses struck the rock as he was told, and water gushed out as the elders looked on. All right, so this is the first time that this happens for them. And you see Moses kind of brings just the elders together and they do this. A pretty cool miracle that God performs through Moses here. Now later, they're, they're, they get through the desert. They get to the land that God promised them. There's a whole mess there where they send in spies. And the spies are like, oh, we're never going to beat those people. There's no way. They're too big. They're too strong. And so out of this lack of faith, God sends them and says, you are not ready for this. You're going to go back into the desert. It's, it's almost like this, like, divine timeout. Like, okay, go, go out there and walk around and think about what you've done. Okay, and so, so they're out in the desert again, and they start complaining to Moses again about water. And man, I just, I, I feel bad for Moses. Like, so a similar event is going on. It's going to play out, but I want you, as I read this one, to spot the difference. This is in Numbers chapter 20. All right, so as I read this, kind of be looking for some of the differences. Moses and Aaron turned away from the people and went to the entrance of the tabernacle, where they fell face down on the ground. Then the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord said to Moses, You and Aaron must take the staff and assemble the entire community. As the people watch, speak to the rock over there, and it will pour out its water. You will provide enough water from the rock to satisfy the whole community and their livestock. So Moses did as he was told. He took the staff from the place where it was kept before the Lord. Then he and Aaron summoned the people to come and gather at the rock. Listen, you rebels, he shouted. Must we bring you water from this rock? Then Moses raised his hand and struck the rock twice with the staff, and water gushed out so the entire community and their livestock drank their fill. Now, a, a lot happened in this passage to dissect. There's a lot of different differences here. You have the entire community instead of just the elders. Think about when Moses did this the first time in the elders. Think about the stories that would come out of that. They're like, it was so cool. We were standing there. Moses took his stick. He hit the rock and water came out. It was insane. You know, so all these stories are spreading through the community. Now you have the whole community gathering together. And God says, speak to the rock, not hit the rock like he said the first time. And then Moses gets there and he lets his emotions, it appears, get the better of him. He's kind of yelling at them, listen, you rebels. And then he says this line too, must we bring you water from this rock? 
And so it's almost like Moses is playing into some of the, the hype around this story and being like, yeah, that's right, we did this. If you don't start listening to me and stop complaining, I'm bringing water out of this rock. Imagine what would happen if I hit you in the head with this thing. Who knows? You know, and so like, you can just see this kind of going on here. And Moses decides to do things the way he did it before. And now here, here's what I don't know. Why? Because there's a lot of answers to why that could be. Maybe, maybe Moses is concerned that just speaking to the rock, how is that going to do anything? And I know that God worked this way in the past, so why can't I just do it the same way again? I trust that God's going to bring water out if I hit it with this stick. And what I find most interesting in this story is the fact that God still does the miracle. Even when Moses doesn't do what God told him to, he still does the miracle. So Moses partially listens to God. Okay, well, what about partial obedience? You know, if I ask my kids to clean their room and they pick up some of the stuff, they don't clean up their dresser and other stuff gets shoved underneath the bed instead of put away, are they being obedient? They partially did it. They, they sort of did. I walk in and the room probably looks cleaner than what it was. Is partial obedience obedience? And this stunt that Moses pulled, God actually tells him, because of this, God says, you are not going to get to enter the promised land. This is actually the reason why Moses ends up passing away in the desert before they go into the promised land. So God obviously saw this as disobedience. It was a strong enough thing to say, you are no longer qualified to lead these people. So partial obedience, in God's eyes anyways, is disobedience. And that's hard because when I think about myself and how I live my life, I have this desire to be obedient to God. I, I want to follow what he has for me, but there are so many times where I would have to describe my obedience as more of either delayed obedience or partial obedience. And there are plenty of times where I'm going to be honest, I probably just flat out ignore him. The amount of times that I feel like God is leading me to do something or say something to someone or, or give something away, give it to somebody, and I kind of hem and haw and twiddle my thumbs before I do it. Like, it happens so much more often than me just saying, absolutely, let's do this, and just stepping out in faith. Or I sort of do it because I'm not positive, you know, it, what's going to happen? Is this going to work? Is this actually, is that God actually speaking to me? Does anybody else know what, what I'm talking about? Has anybody else ever been there in this? Where you're asking these questions, God, is this you that's, that's leading me to this? If I were to ask in this room, how many of us have felt like at some point in your life, God was leading you to do something. How, how many of you guys would say, yeah, I, I feel like that's me. And maybe you're still a little like, ah, I'm not really too sure. And how many of us in, in response to that would say, you know, I, I probably flat out disobeyed. I ignored it. I waited and waited and waited. And, and maybe later I did it. Maybe I partially obeyed it. All of which I think we could best categorize really as disobedience. Now, we wouldn't necessarily want to call it disobeying God, but when we walk through these situations, I, I think that's where it has to land. 
It's funny, this, this week we were out, we were working on the soccer field, and there was a conversation that was happening that was kind of overhearing. Um, and so then I, I kind of went and talked to, talked to the person afterwards and said, hey, uh, could I actually, could I use this story this weekend? I'm actually already talking about this, and I, I love what it is. And uh, so I, I asked Clint if I can kind of share this, and he said he was fine, all right? But Clint was telling somebody that was working on the soccer field there, um, and he's like, I, I, I don't know why, but this is, I just feel like I have to do this. I feel like I just have to give you just th- this money. I don't know why. And the other person's like, I, I don't know. I don't really need it and all these different things. He's like, okay, but I, I'm sorry. I, I've been feeling this for a little while here and I need to just do this. And so here you go. And so I kind of went over and talked to him afterwards and was asking him like, okay, so feeling like God was leading you to do that? Yeah. And I said, okay, well, how long? And he's like, well, two weeks here, and I've been trying to kind of catch the person at church, and I've missed them, and, and all these different things. I said, okay. You know, so two weeks, that's, that's not that long. He, he was trying to get it, and, but then he kind of followed it up with, but I'll tell you what, the amount of times that God has asked me to do something like this, and I haven't followed through, you know, it's just so many. And, and that's where I think so many of us are. And and the funny thing with this story is, like, as I'm kind of hearing them talk about it, the other person's like, you know, I don't, I don't really need this. You know, come to find out there was, you know, a, a car had been towed, and it was, like, the exact amount of money that that was. And they're like, okay, well, maybe it's kind of that. But, but the reality is, like, I, I'm fine. I don't really need this. And, and I think the problem is we often judge our obedience to God and whether or not that's what we are supposed to do based off of if there is some crazy, miraculous story or outcome that happens with it. Right? Like that's, that's kind of how I think we often think about these things. That there needs to be this like huge moment. And, and sometimes that does happen. I've had that happen before. You do something and someone's like, wow, this is crazy. I've been, I've been praying that this would happen. I've been praying because I need this. And you just came in and you, and you filled that need. But that is not the measure of whether or not God was actually speaking to us or not. Like think about this. If there's a dire situation and someone is praying for God to intervene in that situation and God says, I want to use a person because oddly enough, God always wants to partner with us. As, as messed up as we are and as wrong as we get it off and God wants to partner with us. If God's like, I need to call somebody in and this is a dire situation, this needs to happen. He probably wants to look for somebody that he's like, you know what? I've asked them to do stuff before and they do it. I know that if I speak to this person right now and ask them, they're going to follow through on this. All right, well, how, how would God know that? Because maybe there was a moment where God said, hey, I want you to give $100 to this person. And you said, okay. And maybe there wasn't some big, massive, amazing thing that happens. Maybe it was actually more about you and are you willing to just follow what God is saying are you willing to just step out in obedience in these moments and I think that that's that's really important for us Jesus has parables where he he talks about this idea of like if you can be trusted with a little then you can be trusted with a lot but what if you don't follow through on these little things why would we be given Anything more. And so I, I think about this and I think of, wow, how many times in my life have I not been faithful with the little? Because I just kind of excuse it away. I say, ah, this doesn't seem like a big deal. It doesn't seem like it matters. I'm really busy right now. 
I don't know, I don't really know that person, or I don't, I don't really feel like I'm the most qualified to do what you're asking, God. There's, there's someone else that I know is way more qualified. And we excuse all these things away, which really just ends up being unfaithfulness, is what that is. And I think sometimes it, it might be something big and scary and intimidating, but lots of times it isn't. And if we're honest with ourselves, lots of times we don't have a good reason why we aren't following what we feel like God has placed on our heart. And unfortunately for a lot of us, the next things we need to be doing to take our relationship with God deeper tend to be things that we are pushing off for no good reason. The amount of people that, that they want to have a stronger relationship with God. I want, to be, I want to be closer with God. I want to be used in this way by God. I want to do these things. I want to overcome these insecurities that I have. And God's saying, I've laid these steps out in front of you. Why aren't you taking those steps? Why aren't you walking? You know, maybe it's God's been telling me to get baptized and I haven't. Or I know I should be in a life group. And every time you guys announce life groups, I'm like, ah, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm too busy right now. Next semester, next semester, next time you announce them, then I'll do it. Right? We just, we just started life groups here about a month ago. Um, if you still want to get in one, talk with Aaron or I. We, we will help you do that. All right? But even at the beginning of that, the amount of people that I know are just like, oh, I knew I, I'm, I'm glad I finally did this. I knew I needed to be doing this. I've been waiting You know, maybe it's, I know I should be part of a serve team, but my schedule is just too hectic. I know I should be helping out in different ways. I, I know I, I should be a more generous person, but this is just, it's a hard season financially, and, and it, this, this just isn't a good time to start being generous. Maybe next month, because I'm going to win the lottery, and then I can be generous. If I had more money, then I could be more generous. Well, okay, are we faithful with the little to where... We would ever be trusted with a lot. And I think that's what's, what's so difficult in these situations. You know, I know I should be getting together with that person. God's put them on my heart, and I need to just text them. I need to just ask them, say, hey, let's go grab coffee. Let's go get lunch. You know, I don't really know why. I just want to get to know you, and I feel like I should. And you've been pushing it off, pushing it off. Oh, I think they're busy. I think I'm busy. I don't know. I know God wants me to go on a missions trip, but you know, I'm just waiting for the right one to come up at the right time of the year that's going to cost the right amount of money. And, we're, and like all of this happens to be, well, I'm just waiting for Hawaii to cost $200 and to land you know, in, the, in the worst weather in Minnesota. Then I'm going to go on a missions trip. Tell you what, that's not happening, okay? I'm not doing a trip to Hawaii anytime soon, and it definitely won't cost $200. But we come up with all these excuses that we have of why we can't step out, why we can't do these things. I know I should be all in on following Jesus, but I, I just don't know if I'm ready. And we have all these excuses as to why there isn't obedience that's happening. You know, and I'll say this, maybe it's even our fault. Maybe you're like, I tried to take one of these steps and I contacted you and this has kind of fallen through the cracks. I'll apologize right now if that's like a spot that you're in. And please don't use that. Don't use our lack of whatever to actually like follow through with that as an excuse. Contact us again. You're like, hey, I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to be part of that. We want to hear those things. We want to get people moving closer to God in whatever way that looks like. All right, and a side note here. Some of us need to be 
better at allowing others to step in for us. Maybe someone wants to give you money, all right? Don't shoot them down because you are too prideful to allow them to give you some money. Maybe someone wants to help you. You don't know what God has spoken to them or what they're supposed to be doing, all right? I used to struggle with people wanting to help me. I still do, but I'm going to tell this story as if I don't, and I've learned my lesson. I have gotten a little better, all right? And because of this, at the last church that I was at, I had this older lady, uh, she was in her 80s, come up to me on a Sunday morning, and she handed me a, like, a holiday gas card. I lived like a mile from the church. We weren't really driving a whole lot. I was like, this doesn't really make sense. There's other people that need this more than me. Uh, we're, we're doing fine. And, and she's like, hey, I just, I, I, I want to give you this card. And I kind of do the, oh, thank you so much. That's so great. Don't worry about it. We're, we're good. We're fine. No, please, it's fine. There's, there's probably someone else that could, that could have this. And I'll tell you in this moment, this, this little 80-year-old woman, she takes a step in on me. She gets her finger up in the air. And she starts waving that finger in my face. And she said, I want to be generous. You don't rob me of my generosity and my obedience. And I said all that you can say in that moment. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. And I took that gas card. And, And I've gotten a little better at that. Since then, you know, though, sometimes you need, you need God to speak through this tiny little package of an 80-year-old woman right in your face to kind of get some of these things across. But these moments of, of potential obedience in our lives, and we want to we make obedience to God as this big, massive thing of what job should I have, what town should I live in, when... when yeah, that, that might be the case, but it, it also can be these small little moments every single day that I think matter to us. I think the last thing we can, that, or that we're going to pull from Jonah's story this morning is this. Like, also, there is a way to obey God, but to do it with the wrong attitude. All right, and that's what we see the whole end of the story of Jonah he has this terrible attitude. He's finally gone and done what he's supposed to do. He has a terrible attitude. And here's what happens when you're obedient to God with the wrong attitude. God may still be able to accomplish what he wants to accomplish in that situation. But you have just missed out on everything that God wanted to do in you. In that situation. And so as we, as we think through these things, as we think about what does this look like for me to be obedient to God... What type of attitude do I need to have? What type of things need to change in my life so that I can do this? Like all of these things, all these things are important. All right, let's, let's do this. Would you stand with me? Worship team, you guys can come. For many followers of Jesus, I think that the biggest thing that they could do for their own spiritual growth is to simply say yes to things that God has already asked of them. If I said, can you think of something that maybe God has put on your heart, God has asked something of you, and maybe it was a decade ago, maybe it was a year ago, maybe it was last month, but do you have anything in your life that God, you feel like God has wanted you to do, he's moved you in that direction, He's, he's kind of said something or placed something on your heart, and you haven't followed through on that? 
I would venture to guess that there's a fair share of us in this room today, myself included, that could say, yeah, there are things that I need to be doing. There are things that I, that I should have been doing and I haven't. Because every time we say yes, every time we say yes, we are actually giving God more control in our life. We are surrendering a little bit more with every single yes. Because partial obedience is partial surrender. Delayed obedience is delayed surrender. When we give our life to Jesus, when we say that we are surrendering everything to him and we are making him Lord of our life, the reality is most of us, we make that statement and then we spend the rest of our lives fighting the urge to take back control in certain areas. And some of us, we don't even fight that urge. We just give into it right away. And we take back control in these situations. And every time God asks something of us, we have an opportunity to decide, am I surrendered to him or not? Is he the Lord of my life or am I? And whether we obey is what determines that. So maybe this is something big for you. Maybe it's just something small that seems insignificant. I'll tell you this, it's not insignificant because that's where it starts. It starts with the small. Rarely does God ask us to do something or ask something of us and it's insignificant. Either it matters for someone else or it matters for us or both. So I want us to be thinking about this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hand it to Pastor Aaron in just a moment, but what does it look like for you to take a step in the direction that God is leading you? Maybe you need to put in a little bit more time with God to figure out what that direction is. But what does that look like this week, today, this afternoon? To just be a little bit more obedient and instead no longer have all these statements of, oh, I knew I should have done this sooner. Because most of the time when we do step out, no matter how scary and intimidating it is, the result of that can be life-changing for us. And honestly, it becomes, dare I say, a little bit addictive to want to follow God and see the ways that he is moving in our life, in our family's life, in our community. And as we step out and do this, you're like, wow, that, that's amazing. I want to do that more. So I want to just challenge us today. What, what does it look like for you to take a step in this direction? Pastor Aaron, would you come and just kind of transition us into a time of, of prayer and response? Yeah, it was, it's Pastor Josiah. Actually, this is kind of a little bit funny because I got here this morning and I looked in the sound booth and I saw Pastor Josiah's message back there to help the slide person. And I was like, I thought it was my message from Wednesday night. This is what I talk to our youth about on Wednesday night. And one of the things that uh, we just got back from MYC and this, and I don't want to take a lot of time here, but man, this is all just goes together this week. It's so fabulous how God works and he's just like challenging us. But um, all of us want to be used by God. This was from MYC this week, but all of us want to be used by God, but are we willing to be prunable? All of us want to be used by God, but are we being moldable? And when we're talking about obedience, some of that obedience is being moldable and prunable. 
because everybody wants to be used by God, but we don't want to go through those hard things that, to get us to the point where we can be used by God. And one of the last things that I said to my youth on Wednesday night is this, is if you want God to use you to change the world, to help those around you, for you to grow in your faith with God, the only answer you can give him is yes. So that's my challenge for all of us. So I just want to pray for us as we go into a time of, of worship and reflecting on what, what God has spoken to us this morning. And so, Father God, this morning is... As we've opened your word and we've looked at different stories and examples from the Bible, God, help us to learn. Help us to not just read the stories and go, that was this nice story, and we take a few notes, God, but we find ourselves maybe in the midst of those stories, and we've been in the midst of those situations, but God, help us to be obedient. Help us to not just point out the flaws we maybe see in the, in the character of the Bible, but God, actually to look in the mirror and to go, what needs to change in me? What needs to change in me in order for me to just give an immediate yes to you? And God, when you speak, help us to not just worry about where this came from, but God, to just trust that you know best. And help us to just step out in faith and be obedient. God, be with us in the next few moments. Challenge us and change us. Help us to, help us to figure out why maybe we're not giving an obedient yes. And God, for those of us who have said yes, what's next? There's always something more. So God, be with us in the next few moments. Change us, challenge us. Help us to say yes to whatever you are asking us to do. Thanks for allowing us to be a part of your story, for using us. In Jesus' name, amen.